Hi, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast, episode 35. I'm your host, Mike Neglia. You know, I think the temptation to imitate has never been stronger uh, than today for uh, Bible teachers and preachers. And not only is the temptation there, the accessibility of so much by so many um, writers, authors, preachers. I mean, it's accessible. Books, articles, essays, just with the top of a finger, you're able to read so broadly. And also, in an era of online streaming, you can get the audio, even the video. So not only uh, do we have this broad um, wealth of examples of teaching and preaching, we're not only seeing the insights and the quotes from these teachers, um, we're also able to see their mannerisms to um, pick up some of their characteristics. And so the reason why I say that now more than ever, imitation has never been more tempting and never been more easy. But you know, we want to learn from others, but God has made you to be you. So with that in mind, uh, please listen in to Pastor Brian Broderson as he speaks about really the importance of finding our own voice and for you to find your own voice. Uh, At the end, uh, Pete Nelson comes up and transitions into a time of response and prayer. And, you know, I want to encourage you, maybe don't turn off the podcast right away. Maybe listen as Pete applies these truths to our hearts, and then would you maybe just pause and pray along with him uh, that God would instill a greater confidence in the you that he's made you to be. Lord, thank you for this 24 hours or so that we've been together, and what a what a sweet time it's been, and we pray as we just kind of wind things down here today that uh, we would all go back to wherever we've come from, just refreshed and uh, excited and thankful for your goodness to us and the privilege of serving you in whatever capacity, so help us. Um, Lord, even now as we finish up here with this last word, Um, speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, All right, so finding your unique voice, that's the topic that I am going to address here. And, you know, I always like to have a kind of a scriptural base for things. So maybe maybe there's another passage that might be better, but this one seemed to me to be a good a good passage for this topic. It's Paul speaking to the Galatians. And, you know, the background in, in the Galatians, of course, the, the Galatians were sort of questioning Paul's authority. Was Paul really an apostle like the other guys and all that? So, you know, part of the first couple chapters of Galatians is Paul is having to defend his own apostleship. But he says something there that I think maybe connects with our topic. He said, but I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which I preached, uh, which was preached by me, is not according to man, for I neither received it from man nor was taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, you know, in one sense, Paul's argument was 
not that he disrespected the other apostles, but his argument was, look, just like Jesus called them, he called me too. And no, I'm not them. And, uh, and you know, even at one point he's talking to the Corinthians and he says, uh, you know, I might be rude in speech. He was probably contrasting himself with Apollos because Apollos was a very polished, uh, you know, eloquent speaker. And the Corinthians kind of pointed that out to Paul. But he, you know, but he says, I, you know, I might be rude in speech, but not in knowledge. So, so in Paul, we see, you know, here's a man who um, he's distinct from the other guys. And he recognizes that. But he also uh, is obviously he's called. He's got his own voice. He's different than Peter. He's different than uh, James. Uh, you know, he's different than John, uh, but he's definitely God's apostle. And, and so God calls. I, I am a firm believer in the call of God to the ministry. If if God doesn't call you to the ministry, then you should not, and I'm t- talking you know, preaching ministry. If God doesn't call you to that, you shouldn't try to do it. Um, but if God has called you to it, then you can have this confidence that God's called you to it. And he's called you. Uh, he knows who you are. He knows, uh, your, he knows you inside out. He, you know, he knows your thoughts before you think them. He knows your interest. He knows your capacity. He knows your limitations. You know, he knows all of that, but he called you. And since he called you, that means he wants to use uh, the uniqueness of who you are. And that's what we're talking about, finding our own unique voice. Now, I, I think the idea of finding our unique voice is the right idea because it, it is a process. It, it is a process, and it's okay that it's a process. I think it inevitably, it, it just almost has to be a process because we all have influences in our lives, and intentionally. I think God brings people into our lives that influence us, people into our lives that we can, uh, you know, we can look to them and we can learn from them. So I'm going to just walk us really quickly through um, seven things. And, and, and again, just to reiterate, if you think of the New Testament itself, not to mention the Old Testament, but if you just think of the New Testament itself, um, you know, it comes to us through a diversity of voices. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, Peter, James, Jude. You know, the more you read your Bible, the more you recognize the distinct voice of each one of these uh, authors. They're, they're all saying the same thing, but they're all saying it in a way that is very unique to them. Um, you know, you read Paul, and, you know, Paul has just got his own unique way of communicating things. You read Peter, Peter's talking about the same thing, but Peter communicates it differently. And, and so you get the point. So, uh, seven things. Number one, uh, listen to many voices. It's good to expose yourself to, to many, many voices. And let me say this too. Don't just listen to the voices that you agree 100% with. Because if you, if, you, if you just do that, then you will, uh, you know, the term, the echo chamber. You know, you're, you're in this echo chamber. Everybody's saying the same thing. Everybody thinks the same thing. They're, you know, they're, they're saying it somewhat similarly. And 
I don't think that's really beneficial. I think it's helpful uh, to have many voices that, that are speaking to us. You know, um, I, I've heard people say things like this. Well, I, I mean, you know, even to the point where, well, you know, like my pastor, you know, he studies all of this stuff and then he assimilates it and he gets the best stuff and then he disseminates it to us. So I don't need to go through that whole process. I, he does all the work and then I just take it and, and then I can, I can repeat it. Uh, no, that's not the way it works. Uh, you need to, to do that same thing. You need to listen to those many voices. You know, when I was a, a young in the ministry and just getting started, uh, you know what Pastor Chuck Smith did not do? He did not say, listen to all of my tapes and that's all you need. Uh, you know what he did? He actually gave me a library with hundreds of books in it and all kinds of diversity. Uh, he gave me John Calvin's Institutes. Uh, he gave me A.W. Pink, Sovereignty of God. He gave me Martin Lloyd-Jones, G. Campbell Morgan, H.A. Ironside, G. Griff, uh, Griffith Thomas. You know, he gave me all of these things and said, this is the stuff that has been helpful for me. Now, here you go. Have at it. And so there were those, those many, many voices. But point number two what happens is you begin to resonate with a few of the many voices. And, and this is, again, where, you know, we're, we're all different. You know, I have friends that, you know, they'll talk about a particular person that they, you know, I mean, I grew up in the generation where we read commentaries. We didn't so much listen. Uh, but, but, of course, that was there, too. But we, but we do that now more than we used to do back then. But, you know, so I, I'll talk to a friend and they'll be, you know, they'll be talking about their favorite commentator and they just love this guy. And, and I'm like, I don't get that. I, I do not connect with that person in the same way. I'm glad they do. That's fantastic. And it comes across in their ministry that uh, there's a good connection there. But for me, I don't resonate with that person at all. Oh, I resonate with this guy over here. Something about the way this guy does what he does, something about the things he says, something about the way he tracks, something about, you know, where his brain goes with things. I resonate with that. And you will find that. You will find that there are people out there that you resonate with. And so when you find those people, you know, it's helpful if it's more than one. Uh, you know, again, you want to have some a few voices speaking to you, not just, not just one. Uh, it, it's easy, you know, we can kind of idolize people. And, and I did this at this season in my life. I, I just, I really came to a point in my life where I thought, I don't need anything but Martin Lloyd-Jones. That's it. I'm just only going to read Lloyd-Jones. Back then I had access to tapes from Lloyd-Jones. I'm just going to listen to Lloyd-Jones. Lloyd-Jones got everything right about everything, which of course I even knew that he didn't uh, back then. But uh, the things that, that, he did get right. I really appreciated. But then, you know, there came a point where as I was listening to him, I thought, you know, no, I, I, I need to hear a different voice on this. So you're going to resonate with a few. And so um, dig down deep into those few voices that you resonate with and, and learn from them. Uh, that God teaches us through uh, these things. And so, but, you know, that's, of course, the, the preparation. But then coming to the preaching itself, um, we're going to have preaching influences. And especially in the early days, it's a natural thing. Don't worry about, don't, 
don't worry about having your own voice so much immediately. Like, I, I mean, there, there, there should, don't get up and just, you know, take other people's sermons and repeat them word for word. Don't do that. Uh, but recognize that you can, to some degree, do, you can borrow. You, you can, you know, you, you can take stuff and we're, we're learning. So you have those people who become like your preaching mentors. And so you're going to, you're, they're going to influence you and you're going to sometimes not just say the same things they say, but you know, you might even say it like they say it. You ever heard anybody preach and you, you're listening to them and you're going, wait, if you closed your eyes, you're thinking, no, I'm, I'm listening to somebody else. I have a dear friend, a guy who was in ministry with me for years, and he just absolutely loved John Corson. He just loved John Corson, and he became John Corson. And I would shut my eyes, and I could just be listening to John, because, I mean, he, now, that's going too far. <laughs> and one time I told him, after he spoke at a thing, uh, a retreat that we did, I said, never, ever refer to the congregation as gang again. Just don't say it. Just don't call them gang because they're not a gang. I mean, that John has a gang up in Applegate. This is not a gang here. And uh, I didn't really care so much about whether they were a gang or not, but it was like, no, that's, that's John's thing. That's cool for John, but it sounds really stupid when you do it because it's obvious that you're impersonating him. So, so, so we want to have those influences really quickly. When I, when I first began pastoring, I was 26 years old. I was at Calvary Costa Mesa for three years doing an internship at 23 to 26. 26, I went out. I began pastoring my own church. I knew nothing except what I had experienced at Calvary Costa Mesa. I came out of Roman Catholicism uh, into my Christian life at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. So when I went and began to pastor my own church, I just took everything I learned from my time with Chuck and I just transported it. It was 60 miles south from where Costa Mesa was. I just transported it down there. And for probably the first year and a half, maybe two years, I followed Chuck's model. I did Sunday morning. I did Sunday night through the Bible. So I drew my text out of uh, the Sunday night portion for Sunday morning, and I preached a sermon. And then I did an in-depth study through the week, just like I had learned at Costa Mesa. And often what I did is I listened to Chuck's message that he took from the, from the Sunday night that he preached on Sunday morning. And I basically took much of his outline, and I just fashioned it more for my own way I, you know, understood it. But I pretty much you know, took his outlines and I preached them. They were good outlines. And, but I made sure that I had my own, you know, I wasn't telling, when it came to telling stories, I wasn't telling Chuck stories and then acting like they were my stories. I was, you know, trying to tell my own stories. Or if I did tell a Chuck story, I gave credit to, you know, I didn't get up and say, now, you know, Kay and I, uh, when we were in Tucson, <laughs> now, now some guys have done that, believe it or not, you know, so... You don't want to do that. Um, But what I'm saying is this. There are going to be preaching influences in your life. It's intentional. God brings people along that they they impact you. And so you're going to glean from them. And you're going to pick up things from them. And and you're going to learn from them. And you want to emulate those influences. It's it's good. This is the part of the process. But again, just don't. 
don't go overboard with it. And, and whether it's, you know, I'm, I'm referencing here guys that, you know, if you're Calvary Chapel, you're going to be familiar with these names. But, you know, you can, do, you can do it with anybody. We've got YouTube. We've got all the internet. We've got all the podcasting stuff today. So, so you can find somebody out there and you can, you can start to take their sermons and you can uh, kind of just be doing something that's, you know, probably not exactly the way you want to do it. So, so be careful of that. The one time in my life that I took somebody else's sermon and tried to preach it, it was an absolute flop of all flops. It was a great message, but it wasn't my message. God spoke it beautifully through the guy who originally gave it. But when I tried to give it, it was just, it just complete flop. So you want to avoid that, but, but you want to emulate, you know, emulate, impersonate, emulate means to be like a person or even, you know, the word emulate actually means to, you know, try to even excel them, not in a really competitive way, but you just look at something, you're like, man, I want to do it like that. So we emulate those influences, but recognize all the while that God intends to give you your own voice. That's where God's taking you. He's taking you to a place where uh, he's, he's going to give you your own voice. So, so be conscious of that. Be aware of that. And, and recognize that as you're getting your own voice, part of that is you're going to start seeing things maybe a little bit differently than your mentors. You're, you're not differently in the sense that they're uh, wrong now and you're right, but you're just, you're going to see a different thing on it. Now, you know, there, there should be some uniqueness in, in your message. If, if your message is just like there's 10 preachers and they all are basically just saying the same thing, um, I, I don't think that's good. I think there needs to be that. There, you got, again, it's that you, you got, it's you. God wants to flow this information through you. You're going to process it differently than this guy. You're going to have different background for it. You're, you're going to have different interest in things that you're going you're to pull in that are going to cause you to see it in a certain way. And that's good. And God will take those things and he'll connect you with the people that that actually resonates with as well. So um, recognize that God intends to give you your own voice. And so there's, there's a place where you start to wean yourself away. So as I was telling you, so the first year, year and a half, I can't remember what it was, two years probably, I just did everything I learned at Costa Mesa. Then guess what? One day the Lord would just said, I want you to change this. I want you to do this differently now. And some of it had to do with the service structure the Lord started having me change the way we did our services, but some of it had to do with um, the way we approached teaching the scripture. So the Lord took me from following Chuck's model of doing the kind of the expositional topical thing on Sunday morning, drawn from the Sunday night, and the Lord put on my heart, I want you to teach uh, expositionally through books of the New Testament. And so that's what I began to do. So I began to teach, you know, the book of Romans on Sunday morning, but do it in an expositional kind of a fashion, not so much a verse by verse, uh, but more, you know, paragraph by paragraph, thought by thought, however you want to look at it. So that was a, a unique thing for me. And actually some guys were saying, wait, what are, you, what are you doing? You know, that's not the Calvary way. Well, 
okay, it, it's okay. You can do that. It's, it's expositing the scripture. That's what we want to do. So those were some of the things that God began to do for me as he was now sort of weaning me off of the, those early influences and, and developing for me my own voice. So recognize that God intends to do that. Uh, cultivate your own voice. Um, just cultivate your own voice. Start, you know, don't, don't try to be somebody else. Uh, just let God start giving you the confidence that he wants to give you in, um, you know, he made you, he called you, he wants to speak to you. Cultivate your own voice. <clears throat> and then um, point number seven, um, and I, I've already mentioned it, but I'll just say, say it in closing. Transitioning to your own voice, that's the key right there. It's a transition. It's a process. It's a process. But God wants to bring you to a place in your ministry where you, you're confident in your call. You're confident in what God has uh, invested in you through others. And, and you've taken and you've just kind of processed that. And now you, you know, you kind of have your own view. So I have people say to me all the time, you know, you, you see things differently. You know, I'm on a radio station. There's lots of guys on the radio station. And I, I have friends say to me, you know, uh, and I'm not saying this like pridefully. I'm just, this is something people say to me. Um, you know, I listen to you and you're, you're saying things different than the other guys I'm listening to. They seem to all kind of be saying that the same way, but you're saying it different. Uh, we don't necessarily believe different things. Our theology is probably almost identical, but I, I'm, I'm just letting God filter it through the lens that he's, he's given to me. So it's a process and um, just let God bring you through that transition. I'm going to close with um, a quote from Lloyd-Jones and and, and this quote will kind of, it'll, it'll put into words the, the final thing I want to emphasize. Um, but here, here's what Lloyd-Jones said. At the end of um, one of the chapters in, in the book, uh, Preaching and Preachers, he, he said this. He said, what then is the young preacher to do? Let him listen to other preachers, the best and most experienced, he will learn a lot from them, negatively and positively. He will learn what not to do and learn a great deal of what he should do. Listen to preachers. Also, read sermons. What then is the chief thing? What matters? The chief thing is the love of God, the love of souls, a knowledge of the truth, and the Holy Spirit within you, these are the things that make the preacher. That's it. The love of God, the love of souls, the love of the truth, and the empowering of the Spirit. And, and I'll close just with this. The last uh, Expositors Collective, uh, my topic was on uh, the Holy Spirit's empowering to teach and preach. And the Holy Spirit wants to empower you. You, 
who are you, uniquely you, formed and created by God, redeemed by God at this time, in this place, for these things, the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to speak uh, his word to his people. And so may he do that indeed. God bless you. So good. Just stay up here. So yeah, I really, I really think you could do a conference giving everyone the same text. And if everyone is just themselves, you're going to get all different amazing sermons on that same text. Because the scriptures, it's like a gem, right? And you, God gives you unique things. And, you know, I think of like Second uh, Corinthians 4 when Paul talks about that we're, we're just earthen vessels, you know. And we're all cracked pots. And where I'm cracked is maybe different than where you're, where you're broken in your life and your experiences. And I thank you for that last word right there because God uses you, the, the uniquely you. And in your life experience and in your hurts and your personal challenges, and he communicates the word of God in a powerfully authentic way. And that's, that's the best preacher in your life is, is just you seeking the Lord and having him minister to you and through you in your life. Yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. And may God apply these truths to our hearts. May we live out of the identity and the individual that God has made us and is calling us to be. Okay, well, I hope to see you at our upcoming training weekend that's taking place April 5th and 6th in San Diego, California. Uh, more details, um, the speaker lineup, the mentors that are going to be there, all of those are available on our website, which is expositorscollective.com. Uh, please register as early as you can. Um, spots will um, run out, so do get your name in there uh, because we do want to see you April 5th and 6th. Uh, I've been hearing from people that are going to come from out of state and one man is even flying in from the Middle East. So it's going to be a fantastic time together. And I will want to see you April 5th, April 6th in San Diego, California. All right. God bless you. Have a great day. 